Hi. <laughs> Welcome. Have you heard the good news about the spiritual sequel to Velocipaster? Say the last word again. Velocipaster? It's no. a movie. <laughs> a really bad movie. No. So, Explain the first movie and then the Velocipaster second one. Velocipaster is an infamously terrible uh, kind of B-movie, silly, low-budget sci-fi movie deal about, about a pastor who, when he's angry, becomes a velociraptor. Oh. And I, so, okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you explain it to me, I Velocipaster, I thought it was going to be a... I thought it was going to be some wacky combination of... A God's Not Dead brand of movie combined with Jurassic Park. Um, also, I, in thinking, continuing our theme of last week where we briefly touched on Jurassic Park, I thought more about the cloning in it or like the, mm-hmm. how they got all of them dinosaurs. Excuse me. Oh my God. Excuse me. How they got all them dinosaurs from one DNA sample. From one sample I mean, or one mosquito one singular <clears throat> one singular mosquito and i'm really little you know i don't know what you're prompting me to say your name oh wait i just wanted to touch on velocipaster real quickly first oh, okay. just finish I'm done, t- I'm done talking about jurassic park i have nothing okay. more to say about it um, um also so- the sequels jurassic world what's with that you know who I like from those that those movies, Jeff Goldblum. Oh yeah, yep. From all of, he's um, good. I like him. This is a this is a pro <clears throat> Jeff Goldblum podcast. So this uh, a- the- with an ast with an asterisk, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> um, mood. Um, so Velocipaster, it was a movie, a thirty five thousand dollar movie, that was the budget. Um, about a shape-shifting priest who teams up with a prostitute to fight drug-dealing ninjas. Um, so this news is actually from a year ago, but I only just found out about it. Or I guess it's from last June, so like nine months ago. Uh-oh. My cat just aggressively kicked a cup off the counter. Oh, boy. With her back leg. Good for um, her. Oh, but it's it's getting a sequel, and the... The reason I felt the need to bring it up is uh, it's it's a it's getting a monster size a relatively monster sized budget hike for its Australia set follow up Outback Dracula Out- which Wait, is about sorry, a lesbian vampire Outback Dracula the spiritual sequel to Velocipaster shifts the madness to the 1880s Australia, where a psychic lesbian school teacher teams up with the world's greatest adventurer to find her missing girlfriend and to defeat Dracula and his golden army of the undead. Oh, so it's not a lesbian vampire. It's a lesbian vampire hunter. Even better? It's just so weird, and I'm very excited. My name is Dylan or Kat, and I use they, them pronouns. Uh, I am Sophia, and I use 
she, her pronouns. F- fuck, what a weird... This is like... I feel like this comes from that weird time. This movie belongs in like 2010, along with like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and <laughs> Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. You yeah. remember that? Yeah. What were some of the other ones? There were like, I mean, I believe that's when Sharknado first got its... Well, no, 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 but that was a whole book... There was a whole book series. Oh, yeah, with, like, um, books in the public domain. Yeah, well, not vampire... Vampire Lincoln Abraham Slayer. (laughs) Vampire Lincoln Abraham Slayer. That's my new... That's my new... That's my book. Um, No, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer, not a book in the... Not a book. Yeah. Full stop. Uh, Romeo and Juliet and Pirates, was that a thing? Um, hang on. Oh, keyboard. I gotta use my big clicky clacky keyboard. Oh, ah. Um. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Oh, I don't have, oh, whatever. Um, there's a second one. Book, right? There was a book. Yeah, Yeah, there was a book first. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. It's definitely not by Jane Austen. Um, series. It was a series. Okay, it's like a three book. Any, I feel like this is not important. Like, particularly important. Yeah. But I feel like this movie belongs in that era of mm-hmm. time that's truly the most buck of wild i'm gonna grab my computer mouse oh my god the same person wrote so there was a vampire lincoln abraham slayer jesus um book that oh, the movie I mean, was yes. based on yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was by the same author yeah. as pride and prejudice and no, Zombies. they were all in the same like book series together oh i did I'm just not realize how, that i'm just wondering how many books it was i just don't know how many i just don't know how many books yeah there was i there were i feel like there were a bunch of like classics with a twist yeah no it was a ton there were a ton of them um IMDb. Oh, right, because he wrote movies. We literally just established that dodo. As I'm talking to me, he went. I'm to looking Emer- at their at his bibliography. The author went to Emerson College. He wrote. Um, he wrote Dark Shadows too. Dark Shadows. He also wrote the Lego Batman movie. Damn, good for him. That movie slaps. <laughs> and he produced both it movies. Interesting. The first hit movie, very good. The second hit movie, hmm, have some thoughts. <laughs> mm, have some thoughts. <laughs> um, Sorry. He's I, also I, apparently writing an un, uh, an untitled Beetlejuice sequel that is TBA. Interesting. I don't want to get too into my thoughts about It Chapter 2, but um, it, it is a fun movie to watch while... Um, having imbued imbibed Mm -hmm. intoxicated it's a fun movie to watch while intoxicated with your friends i would not it it does open with like a little hate crime i know the book does too um but the movie goes really hard for like no reason yeah it doesn't it doesn't need to to get its point across 
Um, anyway, that's not good news. We don't have to talk about that. So, anyway, um, do you want to go first this week or should I? Yes, I have a new article that is not the article that I was going to read, but I saw it when I was looking for something for the um, opener. Oh, um, that's fine. And I just... I just want to read the first sentence of oh, this. Oh, also, I'm sorry if you can hear snowplows. I went to walk to my campus dining center for, for dinner tonight, and it was like slushing from the sky, and I opened the door to leave my building, and out loud from my mouth, I took one step outside the building, and I went, oh, disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, this curious Cape Cod epic ruins in the dunes this article comes to us from the cape cod times it is by eric williams um this article came out yesterday the 21st of february uh provincetown i was feeding my platypus and landscaper mr snoutley when he abruptly tipped over the bucket of crayfish scurried into his briefcase and pulled out a didgeridoo what i'm sorry there's also an image and it says ghostly ruins surrounded by pines and dunes in the province lands. What's the deal actu- with that? Is it actually a platypus? I have no idea. Does this man- well, the, I don't know what's happening. I feel like a, 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 a platypus can't play the didgeridoo. No. Also, I feel like they're for sure illegal to have in the state. Maybe. Yeah. Time for some for some typing. This article, the more I read this article, I just saw it and it made me really excited. This article seems like a a surrealist short story. Pen, you have a pen. Okay. Curious Cape Cod is evidently not like a real news thing. It's like weird surrealist stories that take place on Cape Cod. So are you going to go back to the other article? Yes. Okay. But bizarre. Huh. Your that... cat is really cute right now. She just did a big yawn. Mm. What pet? Sorry. Fun... I just got immediately derailed by that. Fun101.com is definitely a legit site. That oh, definitely. Te- will tell you good. Will tell you good information about what pets you can and cannot have in Massachusetts. I think you should definitely refer to fun101.com. As a site for what you should and should not have for um, stuff as Um, that. It's not the first thing when you look up what pets, whether or not you can and cannot have a, oh God, words, mammal, oh no. Platypus. Platypus. I remember I said COVID sleepies. Yeah. The wall just, ooh. Okay. I'll push through. Well, It'll be fun. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw us over to my other article, um, which is a very different article than the one that starts with the platypus playing the didgeridoo. Um, uh, this article comes to us from the Inquirer by Michael Klein, uh, updated February twenty second, uh, twenty twenty one at twelve seventeen p.m. Uh, eat, uh. eat delicious foods support restaurants and fight waste too good to go is a game-changing app (gasps) at the end of 
Oh, <laughs> I've heard about this. I yeah yeah. Sorry, I just got really I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm excited too. This is very cool. At the end of their shifts in restaurants all over the world, cooks roll up garbage barrels to their workstations. Into the cans goes a lot of unsold prepared food. Noodles and meats and chicken and lettuce and tomatoes and rolls and what have you. But what if this still delicious food instead could be portioned into takeout containers, marketed on the fly, and sold at a deep discount to savvy customers that day, and not wasted? Um... This is the question answered by Too Good To Go, an organization starting officially in Philadelphia this week after building a following in Europe. We throw away one third of the food we produce, the organizers say. Why not make it easy to combat the issue? TGTG's app links food businesses to consumers. The retailers, restaurants, bakeries, and caterers sell their surplus food while consumers get a meal at a good value, says the company. It's built as a win for everyone, the business, the consumer, and the environment. Businesses do not pay to participate, so they are not looking to hook with upfront costs. This is... They are not on the hook with upfront costs. This is so... First of all, first of all, I would just like to say, I don't want to hurt our chances of... Because, you know, I would like to someday maybe turn this... Get get sponsored. Get sponsored. So I don't want to say anything that would outwardly hurt... Our chances of getting one. I of mean, it's safe to say that um, food waste is a big problem. Food waste is a huge is a huge problem. Only buy food that you will eat. No, no, no. I'm just talking about you know the fact that the business, the mm. the restaurants, like don't have to pay to be a part of. So yeah. with other food delivery apps and services. Yes. Part of the problem is that the business also has to pay a fee to be involved with the app. Yeah. So I don't want to. I don't want to name names. I don't want to name names. I will just. You know what? I'll point you in the direction of a resource. How about that? Drew. Drew Gooden. (laughs) Yeah. Has a very good video on delivery delivery apps. apps. So. If you like go to YouTube and look up Drew Gooden delivery apps, he's got a great video on all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But it, this is just, I remember when I heard about this, I was like, holy cow, not only is this a win for the consumer, but it's also yeah. a win for people who are in low income situations yeah. who need, need food. good food at a low price and food's not going to waste it's fresh it's pre-prepared it's a i just it's so it's so smart it's so good yeah it's so smart uh businesses do not pay to participate so they are not on the hook with upfront costs tgtg keeps one dollar and 39 cents per order and there's a 59 dollar annual fee that is deducted from the restaurant's account um the fee is waived for the first year if a restaurateur refers three other businesses that sign on. Um, so, yeah, because they need to keep their, whatever, servers working or whatever. Yeah. The, like, web servers. Yeah. and the, You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah the, not the people who serve food, but, like, the, in, the, the internet. Online servers. Yeah. But the thing the, is, I mean, I don't know what it takes to run a restaurant, but, like, it's... It, the the cost to benefit ratio 
Yeah. It, it, what was it? Fifty. Did Especially fifty nine cents. Throwing away this food. Exactly. Otherwise. Did you say fifty nine cents? Uh, dollar and thirty nine. Dollar and thirty nine cents. I mean, like, when you think about it, and especially as this kind of thing, this app becomes more widely used. Like, if mm-hmm. I lived in a city, I mean, as somebody who's not in a super low income situation, I would probably not use it. Try to avoid using it very often because mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things that it is. This is one of those things that is like this is a thing in your toolbox to prevent gentrification Mm -hmm. like this this is one of those things and if i as somebody who doesn't need that comes in and is like oh this is cheap food i'm just gonna buy it when i could probably afford to be buying food at the full price no you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to come in and do that. So, but like but also like it's good to have people using the Exactly. App, you know? Exactly. It's one of those tools in your toolbox where, you know, you're sh- if I'm short on rent one week or yeah. you know, I you know, had to do something my my car needs repairs or whatever emergency room bills emergency rooms vet bills you know what for whatever reason it's a tool in your toolbox Mm. this is i just love it it's so it's so good say like um if keep an eye on it because if it's like in your city but not a lot of people are using it you using it might be able to help it stay open in your city that too yeah 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 it's Especially, or like incentivize restaurants to ex- stay on. Exactly. Yeah. Just like this is one of those things where it's like the more in super urban areas. So like the I first heard about this in New York. So mm. like in places where a lot of businesses are using it, keep an eye on things like, in my opinion, I keep an eye on like the gentrification aspect of it. But mm. in cities where it's not as widely utilized – I'd say. Can I just throw out there yeah. how frustrating the like love ugly fruit movement is? <sighs> because, like, for a really long time, ugly fruits would go to quote unquote ugly fruits, uh, would end up going to markets in poorer areas and sold less expensively than prettier fruits. Mm-hmm. And now people are like, everybody should buy ugly fruit, like, and it's gentrifying it. Yep. And making it and contributing to food deserts. Also, ugly, quote unquote, ugly foods, fruits are often made into canned stuff. Yeah. Like it, it's bought by companies that make canned fruits and vegetables at super discounted rates so they can keep the prices of the canned fruits and vegetables yep. low for lower income families. Yeah, we really should have a social, social, I- social po- issues, podcast. social issues podcast. We should have a. No, you know what? We shouldn't have a panel podcast because that would <laughs> that would go when you know what when COVID is is theoretically over and we can all live in the same city. Let's get a bunch of friends and we'll all sit in the same room because I feel like if we're sitting in the same room, then it'll be easier to prevent crosstalk. But you know what? Yeah. I'm probably wrong about that. It'll probably be worse. 
I think it's marginally easier because you don't get delays. Yeah. And you don't get like people cutting out mm-hmm. or whatever. Because you can always, you are more likely to be aware when other people are talking. Yeah. The thing is, like, this is, this is just one of those things that I feel like is going to, if people are mindful of it, yeah, it's going to help prevent a lot of food insecurity. Definitely. Um, same thing with, uh, I don't know if you know about in Boston, there are, there's a nonprofit in Boston working on, um, food fridges all Ooh, over the, nice. all over the Boston. Hang on. Let me, Boston. Yeah. So like, I don't want, oh yeah. Community fridges not i looked up boston area food fridges and it just directed me to a bunch of different lows in the lows and hope and um, (laughs) home depots in the boston area where i could you know fridges buy some really big fridges if i wanted to no but there are a bunch of like community fridges where um it's it those are really really important and also good news and um they're having a lot of trouble in a lot of cities where like the fucking police are like, these are breaking permits. And people are like, hey, fuck you. Anyway. Yeah. We ca- uh, Hi, I would like to formally say that I care more about red tape and zoning laws than I do about everybody eating things. You know? I would just like to formally say I care more about, um, this is not me. Of course, this is. Yeah, no, I'm I'm speaking on behalf of anybody who tries to shut down fridges. I would I would just like to say I care more about the sidewalk than I care about people having food in their stomachs and people being able to eat regularly. Yeah. That's what those people sound um, like to me and I'm just like, yeah. hey, just maybe I will say Keeping sidewalks clear is really important for that is true. Lots of reasons. It's true, but these and but, we don't want to belittle. No, but these fr- the point the point is that these fridges aren't in the middle of the sidewalks. Yeah, they're they're literally like just just want to strike a balance between. Yes. Hey, some zoning laws are pedantic. Do yeah. I use that word right? Yeah. And. And also, like, hey, people with wheelchairs need to be able to go. Oh, on the yeah, no, that's not what I was insinuating. The, uh, the, the, yeah. No, I know. I just wanted yeah, yeah, to make yeah. our stance clear. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I am fully, I am disabled. Like, I mean, I'm not, mobility wise, I am not disabled, but I am disabled. And I work as a disability advocate for my school, which is fun, not fun. Also, okay. Sorry, <laughs> we've gone so Which is fun, not fun. Also, <laughs> we've gone so far on a tangent. Um mm-hmm. I have been going I think I'll end up um for legal reasons this is a joke. Um for literal legal reasons this is a joke. Um I th- really really want to pirate see his new movie music. Um cuz I am genuinely curious about it and I really want to like see it but I don't want to give her any money. Mm-hmm. I like, don't actually want to contribute to it. Yeah. But I also don't want to waste an hour and a half of my life watching yeah. a sh- really shitty movie that does a terrible job representing um, autistic people. Anyway, um, it, uh, anyway, anyway, that our first piece of merchandise is that is what it is going to say. <laughs> anyway, ellipses. 
Um, consumers don't know what they'll get, only that the food will be wholesome and valued at one-third of retail price. One early participant, Balboa Catering, for example, had an ex- had extra product from a demonstration and on Monday sold a couple of boards, including cheese, charcuterie, ho- house-made jams, crackers, and corner... Cornichons. Cornichons. They're little pickles. For $10. They're little, they're little pickles. Did you say boards yeah. or gourds? Boards. Okay, because I thought you said gourds, and I was like... I mean... They sold a couple of cheese boards for $10. I figured you were talking about cheese boards because then you went on mm. to talk about cheese and cheese. cornichon, which are the little pickles. I Wait, hang on. Hey. Oh, I turned my stupid keyboard off. <laughs> click, 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 click. Wait. Yeah, cornichon are the little pickles. They're the little, they're the teeny tiny little baby ones. They're like that big and they're a little crunchy. Yeah. And I like them more than the big ones because they make me feel, they make me feel like big person. Yeah. (laughs) I am giant little pickle. Sorry. (laughs) Just uh, a meal. You got little pickles, mini corns, sliders. Okay. I, I do have a love of like baby corn though. I, that was, when I was younger, that was one of the only vegetables I would eat was baby corn. Just yum, yum, yum. Sorry. <laughs> kind of on a weird. Um, They're also gherkins. Sorry. The same thing. Uh, six years ago, co-founder Lucy Bosch was a French-born engineer working for Nestle in Switzerland on the foods, food giant's manufacturing efficiency. That's when I realized that the way we produce food today is insane. Good, she said last good week for her, her. New, in New York City. <laughs> good for her. She was working for Nestle, and she was like, "I like, I like to imagine that she had like a come to Jesus moment where she was like standing in front of like a conveyor belt and was like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, she she was working on efficiency, so it makes sense that she was like paying attention to the numbers and the sources and stuff and being like." Holy shit, that's so much food. Shit. Um, I mean, we don't think so much about the impact on the consumer's health or the impact on the environment, she said. Can't relate. What matters is to produce as fast as possible, as cheaply as possible. Toward that process, you actually end up creating a lot of waste. But as long as the line can run as fast as possible, and if the marginal cost can decrease, that's still a good improvement. Um, that turned Bosch's thoughts to combating waste. Uh, the food industry is a big one, and the power of technology is really there. She said, "You can connect the right people at the right place so that they w- so that they work together on solving an issue." That was the whole intention behind the app. I then quit my job at Nestle and I started looking for developers. I found some people that were actually working on a similar project in Scandinavia. This explains her proficiency in Norwegian, according to her LinkedIn profile. Nice. Ooh, sorry. There's a picture of. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I don't know if your microphone. Did your microphone pick up you? You dropping your phone? <clears throat> Fuck. Oh, but uh, this is the this is a too good to go. Oh, this is a too good to go meal. 
Damn. It's got rice and noodles and some shredded meat and some cabbage and what look like tiny, tiny calzones. Oh, oh, there's a there is a caption. One day's too good to go surprise bag from Crunch and Chick contained bulgogi beef, two dumplings, noodles and rice, and pickled vegetables. A separate smaller container was filled with fried chicken nuggets and bubble tea, and it rounded out to the $4.99 order. For all that food. Holy wow. fuck. Jeez. <laughs> And it would have been thrown out otherwise. So the restaurant is making money by selling it at so so low a price. Jeebus plebis. Holy cow. Uh, that... too good... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's great. You've stunned me into literal silence. Too Good To Go started in six countries in Europe, quickly spreading to 14 countries and saving more than 60 million meals. 60 million? Yeah. 60 million meals. That's that's a lot of... So much feeding people who may not have been able to afford to eat that much or that good food. All right, I'm going to download this app. Um, TGTG landed in the United States in Boston and New York about four months ago. Oh, they're in Boston. They're in Boston. Holy cow. That's awesome. After Philadelphia's launch... Uh, and after Philadelphia's lunch, we'll add Washington, D.C. and San Francisco. The free app maps the day's participating food businesses, the price of the surprise bag, typically about $5, and the designated pickup window, typically the end of the business day. Businesses can make as few or as many bags as they want based on leftovers. So you, you do have to pick up the food, but like... I mean, I for would... Five, ex- for a $5 meal? I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, to sell the service in Philadelphia, TGTG bought, brought in two food veterans, Abby Stern and Andrew Arache. Uh Stern, well-known in the local food waste world and the founder of Fooding Forward, said she had heard of TGTG two years ago on Instagram. Stern said Cheyenne Pritchard of the Phil Abundance... Cheyenne Pritchard of Phil Abundance called her recently and said, I saw this job posting that's super up your alley. When Stern heard that it was TGTG, she said she leaped at the opportunity, interviewed, and landed the job soon after. Arache, who, with his brother, Adam, owned Green Isle Grocery, which closed in early 2020, said he wanted to be aligned with a forward-thinking organization that was making a difference in the world while still keeping him, him in the food industry. My prior life, I worked in tech, and that space is where I wanted to return full time, he said. GGTG encompassed all of those things. That's so cool that it's in Boston. I'm, I'm very, I'm, I want to check it out. Um, you should. TGTG, which for now is signing up food businesses primarily in, primarily in Center City and the nearby neighborhoods, works within the margins of the food donation inc- ecosystem. Many charities won't touch prepared foods because of the perishability. Men, many also won't send a truck to a restaurant to fetch comparatively small amount of food, such as several pounds of misshaping dumplings, 10 extra rolls, or a pan of sauced beef that might not be at its peak the next day. Ordinarily, such food might be taken home by employees, eaten by employees, or thrown out, but don't let the boss see, said Ian Natowski, owner of the Yellow Bicycle Canteen in Washington Square West. 
Yellow Bicycle and several other restaurants started offering bags before the official launch. Dutowski said he has included an assortment from his vegetarian menu, a garden quiche bagel, house greens, potato salad, and quinoa tabula. Tabuli. Tabuli. Uh, The first sign was on... The first to sign on was Baology, the Taiwanese shop near Logan Square. Also online now are MacMart, the Rittenhouse mac and cheese specialist, Big Shop on 20th, a bakery near Rittenhouse Square, Rival Bros Coffee Locations, South, Food, South Philly Food Co-op, and OK Produce at Reading Terminal Market. At Fits and Starts, these are all places in Philadelphia. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm actually going to skim to all skim through all of the restaurants in uh, Philadelphia just because there's like five more paragraphs just listing places in Philadelphia that are participating. Um... Excuse me. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They're, they're just talking about the can, different things. I wonder if you can hear my neighbors. They're watching the, they're watching the Bachelor. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, the deals can also, also can be considered a calling card, attracting deal seekers who might be unfamiliar with a business. People experience your menu at a reasonable cost, and you can showcase your vision without heightened expectations, the Natowski said. And that is the end of the article. That um, is yeah. fantastic. And um, I will to- say, I don't know if I'll ever use the app because I have dietary restrictions and it's a surprise box. Oh, you might be able, you could probably find restaurants that special, I don't know. I, meh. Yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. Yeah, definitely. I downloaded it. Okay, so this is so cool. And to move into the middle bit quickly, where we have decided we're gonna start highlighting other stuff. Um, I don't have a specific creator or person I want to highlight, but I do have another app. Uh, okay, which is Eat Okra, which is a I believe they are. I definitely know they are. They were founded by black coders, and they are Rad. basically all about finding black-owned businesses in your area of all kinds. So, nice. Um, mostly it's finding restaurants, um, but I believe you can also find pretty much really kind of any black-owned business in your area and they have online shopping they have a whole marketplace um that you can online shop and it'll direct you to other to people's websites so there's like i'm looking now there's a bunch of like spice companies and barbecue sauce places and it's a really 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 cool app for finding um black owned restaurants and businesses in your area and they are country wide they work like i'm currently looking at like all the black owned restaurants in the area around my college so they are really cool that the app is called eat okra um i would highly recommend you download that app that is the app i'm recommending 
you look into. Uh, once again, Ghost Dream, Water Sign by Spider. I'll plug that again. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to... Listen read? to Witch Hazel. Listen to Do You Speak Music. We haven't had time to get a new uh, Black podcast recommendation this week because we recorded <laughs> two days ago. We recorded what, on Friday? And it's now yeah, Monday? Yeah, Friday night or Saturday morning. I don't remember which. I think it was Friday night, yeah. Um, we had D&D on Saturday. And it's Monday. Yeah, it's now Monday night. So um, you can also, our from last week again was um, Nicole Byer. Why won't you Why won't you date me with Nicole Byer? Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Do you have a headline that you want to read me? And I sh- do have a headline that I want to read. Shock me with. I should try to find one for next week to shock you with. Um, let's see. If oh I yeah, can and um, go. I had a list of books somewhere, and it's fucking buried um do you have a movie recommendation oh for black history month or just in general yeah or yes yes um oh um a movie to watch for black history month oh paris is burning Ooh. Yeah, um, I would definitely warning. look that one up on Does the Dog Die? Yeah, content warning for that one. Uh, it's mm. a documentary. Very good. Highly recommend. Oh, TV show recommendation, Pose. Speaking of Paris is Burning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, on my watch list, I um, have been meaning to watch um, Judas and the Black Messiah. That's on my watch mm-hmm. list. And, um, The Black Klansman is always good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we said, we've talked, we've definitely talked about others. We've, we've talked about we, Do the we right ta- Thing. We've talked about Do the Right Thing we've before. We've talked about Do the Right Thing before. Um, I'm trying to think about what other, um, movie, you put me on the spot so I can't. I mean, I, I knew you would have at least a couple to bring up, and you did. I did. Let me go see if my um, letterbox does anything. Um, the only... I haven't watched any movies recently, um, except Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> 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 that's um, the only movie I've watched in the past couple weeks. That's fair. That's fair. Um, let's see. Let's see. ba 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 I mean, Inside Man is really good. That's another Spike Lee one, but, like, not related to, like, black history or justice. So, <laughs> it, it, it it's fine. Somewhere I have a list written down. It's definitely, on, um, like, where can I just see all of the movies? Hey, Letterboxd, where, will you show me just all of the movies that I've, oh, there it is. Where will you show me just all of the movies that I have watched? Oh, a short. If you want to watch an animated short, go watch Hair Love. That makes me cry. Oh, my goodness. Every yes. single time I watch it. Into um, the Spider-Verse. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I could recommend that movie all day long. Um, oh, sorry to bother you. Where is this list? I made a list. We could talk about. I cannot I could talk find about, this list. I could talk about Moonlight for ever. 
Um, I saw Moonlight in theaters with my uh, film first year studies class in college. And it was like the only time I ever went on a field trip with that class to go to the movies. But it was so great. Um, I found... Um, so I'm going through my um, sticky notes on my phone and I found Jason Statham, Sam the Eagle, and that's it. That's the whole sticky note. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know what that's in reference to. Um, shall we move on to, to talking about... Um, yes, I have, a, follow- I have an article. Wait, before you talk about your article, go follow us on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, yes. At HYHTGN Podcast. Um, or email us at uh, hyhtgnpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us, our network is tangentsonlynetwork at gmail.com or at tangentsonly on Twitter. Sorry, I'm checking our Twitter. Drink your, Um. oh my God, that was so much louder than I wanted it to be. Drink your water. Oh, yesterday was Hot Fuzz Day, which was just the anniversary of Hot Fuzz coming out. Those are the things that, our, our Twitter recommendeds tell us. Cool. Cool. <laughs> People have really strong attachments to Hot Fuzz, which is fine. I know the... I Okay, the thing is, I, I know there are problems with the police in the UK. I just don't know enough about British politics. Fuck the police. Just unilaterally, I feel like. Yeah. Point blank. Uh, I But I don't know enough about British politics to actually have a fully formed concrete opinion this is not a um a totally black podcast but it is one of the hosts of iffy noirway um oh my god what is it called i'm totally blanking i listen to it all the time it's a movie review podcast this is gonna bother me um go go find it i i am i'm I'll continue My to look podcasts. for. I'll continue to look for movies that I can recommend. Um, Hidden Figures is good. Talked with a friend the other day about why it's worthy. It's it's good and worthy of critique. Very good. Um, Who shot ya? If Beale Street could talk, fuck that movie is so um, good. Anyway. Uh, one of the one of the hosts um, of Who Shot Ya is Ify Nwadwe, um, who is very very funny in everything he does. Um, and um, they did an episode talking about Hot Fuzz, and he was like, "I didn't want to watch Hot Fuzz g- given the things going on because I didn't remember liking it very much, but I rewatched it and like that movie slaps in this day and age." And I was like, "Cool, I should rewatch it." I feel like for it being a movie about, I don't remember it very well because hmm. it's been a while. But I feel like for it being a movie about the police, st- well, it being a movie starring two policemen, it is somewhat, is it anti-police? I don't remember. Um, It is, um, it makes fun of the police yeah. as a concept. Yes, that is my memory of it. Anyway. We don't have any new emails. No new emails, no Twitter. You're going to read something and I'm not going to get any context and it's going to make me mad and, and I'm going to forget about it until we record our next episode. Um, because okay. I just remembered the bear 
from last <laughs> week. And um, so. Um, oh, my God. I had it just now. There it is. This is from the New York Times by Nicholas Kristoff. The article headline is, What Are Sperm Telling Us? That's it. That That's all we can say about it. it uh, we are sponsored this week, as always, by water. Oh, I did. Yes. Drink it. I did say that. Oh. I must have missed that. And Drink it. Now it's time for your article. Now it's time for me. Um, Kat? Yes. Do you like Jeopardy? Yeah. You do, okay, um, this article is 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 going to use um, is is going to say is going to talk about um, homelessness, mm-hmm. and I personally prefer the term unhoused. Okay. To to refer to people who are in that living situation, but um, to make it easier for me to read, I will just be reading the article, which comes to us from the Washington Post. But um, I believe that the term unhoused is. Um, much more humanizing than mm-hmm. homeless. So I will lead off with that. But um, Alex Trebek's TV wardrobe was just do- donated to men who are homeless or leaving jail. <gasps> That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Um, the, anyway, this, so this article is from the Washington Post. It is by Kathy Free from February 18th. Um, in the spirit of Jeopardy, we offer you this clue. These garments belonged to host Alex Trebek um, before uh, belonged to host Alex Trebek before his son Matthew Trebek donated them to the to formerly incarcerated men. Correct response: What are three hundred neckties, fifty eight dress shirts, twenty five polo shirts, fifteen belts, fourteen suits, and nine sports coats? Wow. Quite the wardrobe. Yeah. Um, There were also some sweaters, shoes, and a couple of coats in a shipment of well-tailored menswear that arrived at the Doe Fund program in New York City in mid-January. Matthew Trebek said he was happy his father's clothes could be put to good use. This is going to make me cry again. Acceptable. (laughs) Um, Alex Trebek was the famed... Quizmaster and host of Jeopardy for 37 years until he died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 80 in Los Angeles last year. I loved the idea of guys getting a second chance to go on an interview and feel presentable in my dad's clothes. I'm already crying. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get through this. I should have proofread it better. Matthew Trebek said, My dad had a huge wardrobe for Jeopardy. Because he taped five shows a day, two days a week, it all just kind of clicked. Most of the shoots, shoots, <laughs> most of the shirts and suits in Alex Trebek's wardrobes were distributed to men seeking employment, and the bulk of the neckties will be handed out to the to program participants when they start new jobs," said Harriet McDonald, president of the Doe Fund. The nonprofit, which started in 1985, provides housing, job counseling, training, and work opportunities for 800 men with histories of homelessness, substance abuse, and incarceration. McDonald said the clothes have been a real confidence boost for the men in the program. Our guys are over the moon to wear something that was worn on television by Alex Trebek. 
Matthew Trebek, 30, decided to donate his dad's wardrobe to the Doe Fund's Workforce Reentry Program because he knew the clothing would be put to better use than sitting in his own closet. The suits don't fit me. I'm much taller than my dad was, <laughs> said Trebek, a restaurateur who lives in New York. On most days, I wear jeans, and a, a jeans, a t-shirt, and maybe a black hoodie. I would probably only wear a suit five times a year. Jeopardy costumer Stephen Zebelman helped him pack up the wardrobe late last year and ship it across the country last, mu- last month, he said. I'm literally tear, tear running down my yeah, cheek. Yeah, I, I have not been <laughs> chiming in with my normal ahas and Oh, funny jokes because I Sorry, I just I like just crying. A, I have a true and undying love for um Alex Trebek. Me too. And um Jeopardy was one of those like weird comfort shit. Oh like, yeah. Like I had a weird affinity for like comfort. It was like weird comfort food for Je- Jeopardy. Putting was like Jeopardy on is like coming home. Oh, and it's like, it was something that I could always watch. My parents, we could always agree on watching Jeopardy. Oh, yeah. And I got so into it, too. It was weird. Um, At the Joe Fund, residents are put through mock interviews, so they are prepared when they get calls about job opportunities, McDonald said. The nonprofit's three facilities in New York hire former inmates at $15 an hour to help clean city streets. She said, we want to help them get back on their feet and get their dignity back. She said, we want to help them reunite with their children and get back into the workforce. Breaking the cycle of prison and poverty is really important. Yes. (laughs) I have nothing to add. The pictures of these guys, by the way, that they've, like, put in this article with Alex Trebek's suits are so cool. Um... Around 28,000 men have gone through the re-entry program, McDonald said. Among them is George Tucker, 55, who has lived in the Doe Doe Fund housing since he was released from prison last March, he said. Now he works in the center's kitchen as a cook and hopes to pursue a culinary career. He He was elated, he said, when he was given two of Trebek's suits, one in charcoal gray and one in deep purple, with with shirts and neckties to match. He couldn't get over how they actually fit him. <sighs> Tucker said when he was incarcerated, sometimes he watched Jeopardy in common areas. Alex Trebek was a sharp-dressed man, and now I'm wearing one of his suits. Amazing, he said. I am grateful for this opportunity. I'm hoping to get... I'm hoping to better my life and look presentable in the workplace, and this is a step in the right direction. I know, like, I personally am a pretty superstitious person, and I know, like, I know logically that his suits don't magically have his, like, smarts and his charisma and his success into them, but I feel like if I needed to feel like I was smart and capable... If I put on one of Alex Trebek's suits, I would feel so ready to do something. Like, oh, I'm to- sorry. If I put on one of Alex Trebek's suits and went into a job interview, there's. I feel like there's nothing I wouldn't be able to accomplish. Yeah. You know? It's. Um, it, it must feel very empowering. And that is 
something that's really nice for people who maybe haven't felt powerful in a very long time yeah and the fact that some of these men are talking about how they were they they watched jeopardy and now they are sorry (laughs) i'm getting like do you need a tissue i have tissues i have one thank you um the fact that like um I just think this is something that he I mean I don't know Alex Trebek. <laughs> I didn't know him. But I feel like we all did, you know? Yeah. He was how long was he? Oh my god, sorry. I was <laughs> wore makeup today. <laughs> and I took it off before we started recording, but um he how long was he the host of Jeopardy? Like 35 years or something? Is that what this article said? I'm googling. Um and the fact that like some of these men were watching Jeopardy and now 37 seasons. Jesus. From 1984 yeah. until this past year. Oh my god. Um the fact that some of these men were watching Jeopardy mm-hmm. and are now um going out into the world with some of, with wearing his suits and mm-hmm. are like doing that it just like there's, there's just something about it that is truly it's so special it just feels right and yeah and like it feels there's a lot of power in how you feel about like i could go on for hours about how wearing clothes that make you feel like the person you want to be or the person that you are that nobody else can see can like make a difference in your life like i am fat i am gender non-conforming I can speak to, like, how important it can be to wear clothes that, like, make you feel good about yourself. For sure, yes. I think these suits going to these men is something that is very wonderful and very powerful and a great way to, like, help them feel good about themselves and, like, be ready to take on the world. It it just feels like yeah yes yes um there's a little bit more so matt matthew trebek said this is exactly what he'd hoped to hear it's a good feeling to know that these suits are in the right hands it's great it's great if it helps them to rebuild their lives trebek owns three restaurants with his business partner in harlem and he often invited men in from the doe's culinary program to eat a free meal and train with his cooks before the i didn't even know that um before the before covid hit new york city he said at some point we'd like to get back to doing that it's all about giving somebody a second chance i know my dad would have loved that and um that is the end of the article. I I'm looking know at pictures right now, and of the 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 of the guys holding up the suits. Yeah, it it just like 
I don't know. And I know you have to be, like, wicked smart to be on Jeopardy in the first place, but I feel like... Have you heard about, like, some of the things that people have been able to do with the money that they've won on Jeopardy? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's insane. Oh, my God. It's, like... These are... These it legitimately is like something as simple as having it's it's stupid that something as simple as having a well tailored suit can get you a job or not get you a job yeah in the world that we live but like it's like what you said walking into like a business like in a job interview in one of Alex Trebek's suits I feel like or like can you imagine like some of these guys. It'll probably be, like, the first time they've seen their kids in a long time. And maybe they're wearing the suits. Or, like, maybe they're going to see their kids get married and they're in one of Alex Trebek's suits. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, like... A suit can do a lot for you. It feels very, very special. Yeah. It feels like the right thing. And um, it sounds like Matthew Trebek is... um. It sounds like his heart is really is also very much uh, also in the in the right place, um, because like literally, what was he was like? What was I gonna do with with all of these suits? Do you want to know what one of the recommended articles is um, under this? Mm-hmm. Restaurants throw away a lot of food. These volunteers pick it up first and take it to people who are hungry. Oh, um, so I, I have the, uh, the, uh, thing open. Um, what thing? Too good to go. Open. Oh. And in the town, the, the city just outside of Boston that I live in, um, there are a ton of restaurants. There is not a gluten-free section, but there is a vegetarian section for, like, specifically vegetarian grab bags. Um, so I would definitely tell my sister about that because she is a vegetarian. I'm yeah. sniffling. I just I'm still I, emotional about Alex Trebek suit. I just am like I don't know if I know Jeopardy's gonna continue. Yeah. Of course it is. Um but whoever whoever comes next has got big shoes to fill. Very big very big shoes to fill and a big a big heart mm-hmm. they gotta have a big heart because like that was also one of the funniest that was also one of the best parts about jeopardy is like alex trebek was not afraid to like make fun of the people who were on mm-hmm. jeopardy yeah it was i don't have jeopardy I feel was like, Jeopardy, I'm sure, will continue to be special and important and wonderful. Yes. But he was really the heart and soul of that show for so long. Yeah. It, it, I'm sniffling. I don't know. If you yeah, me too. Hear. I feel like I don't have much more to say. This is wow. Yeah. Two weeks in a, two weeks in a row, I've picked real uh, real teal teal jokers for me. Teal jokers. Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't cry very much last week about. About perseverance, but man, this one really got to me. I was not expecting this one to get to me as much as it did. Um, but 
<laughs> boy, oh boy. How many, how much was it? 300 yeah. ties. Yeah. That is a lot of ties. I mean, we can let this episode be short. That's a lot of ties. I don't know oh, what I'm, else there is to say. Yeah. Um, I don't have much more to say other than like... We keep accidentally making themes for each episode. He was just... Yeah, what but is like... Um, for this episode? Just things wholesome? that benefit people... Yeah. The com- things that um, benefit the community. And then the last week was science. Yeah. And then... Science. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um... Yeah. <sighs> I just feel fulfilled yeah. emotionally after, like, um, talking about these two things. Um, I feel like I just ate a big bowl of soup. Um, you have heard <laughs> the good news about... <laughs> Velocipaster. <laughs> it's getting a sequel. I don't know if I'd call that good news, cat. <laughs> that a lesbian vampire hunter. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know if I... I... I don't know if I would call Agreed that to disagree. good news, though. Um, <laughs> you've heard the good news about... What was my article? Oh, Too Good to Go. Um, You've heard... The news about sperm, kind of. Um, what can we learn you've from heard something it? about it? Um, and you've definitely oh, heard the good oh, news boy. about Alex Trebek's suits. His legacy. I, if one thing can be said about Alex Trebek, um, it it is that he he will have a legacy that will live on for absolutely a very very long time Um, yeah you've heard the good news yeah good night and good news oh right i've been dylan slash cat uh i have been sophia and i will catch you on the flip side